Resiliency Within, with host Elaine miller Karras is brought to you by Trauma Resource Institute, Incorporated. Visit TraumaResourceInstitute.com. Welcome to Resiliency Within, featuring your host, Elaine miller Karras. In unprecedented times, our beliefs and well-being are put to the test. When we take the things we've learned in life and look at challenges in a whole new way, we learn to develop resiliency, which can then be used to promote healing and personal strength. Now, here is Elaine miller Karras. Welcome to Resiliency Within. I'm so excited to hear from our guest today. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about what we're going to be speaking about, and then I'm going to turn it over to her to really hopefully... Um, inform us about how we can heal through dream work. Uh, I want to first say that the title of today's show is Transform Nightmares from Trauma Through Healing Dream Work. So many of us sadly suffer from nightmares, and those generated by trauma are among the most insidious and frightening. On this show, we have spoken about big T traumas, little t traumas, and cumulative traumas. So what we have learned is whether it is a big T trauma, which can include things like abuse, violence, oppression, or small T traumas such as microaggressions, a fender bender, a minor surgery, or cumulative traumas such as racism or poverty, our life experiences can show up in our night dreams and haunt our daylight hours. Some traumas are acute and others are chronic. Some we have experienced personally and other traumatic legacies reverberate down through the generations and they all can affect our sleep and our dreams. So Linda Yael Schiller will share her book, PTSD Dreams, which is an innovative, compassionate, comprehensive guide in healing traumatic nightmares through active dream work. And this book examines the relationship between nightmares and traumatic life events and provides a clear systemic, systematic path to healing both the nightmares and the root cause. And when I read a description of Linda Yale Schiller's guiding principle that we are all wired for health and healing and that with care and attention, we can become strong in the broken places. As many of my listeners know, it's so aligned with that of this show resiliency within and our philosophy. So I had to have her on the show to share <laughs> her work with us. And we've been talking in the green room and we find we have some people that we know in common. So I am so excited to even tell you a little bit more about her before we get started. And that is she's a licensed clinical social worker, similar to me. She's an international speaker, dream work specialist, integrative mind, body, spiritual psychotherapist. She is the author of Modern Dream Work, New Tools for Decoding Your Soul's Wisdom, the Comprehensive and Integrative Trauma Treatment, and, and PTSD Dreams, Transforming Your Nightmares from Trauma Through Healing Dream Work. She is trained uh, um, or certified in a variety of traditional and alternative treatment modalities and is a professor emeritus at Boston University School of Social Worker Social Work in clinical and group treatment, has received awards for her original theory of a relational group that's now taught in many places around the country, um, in schools of social work, and I imagine beyond. And she is known as an excellent teacher. So are we fortunate or not to have her with us? So welcome, welcome, Linda. And I'm just wanting to ask you as we get started, what's on your mind as as we start today? Oh, well, thank you, Elaine. So nice to be here. What's what's on my mind today? Um, I'm thinking about 
nightmares and the many layers of different types of traumatic events that can contribute to them. And what you were saying is part in part of the introduction that I'm thinking about the difference, two things. One is the difference between a dream, a bad dream and a nightmare. And then I'm also thinking about ancestral trauma and ancestral healing because I'm in the middle of teaching a class on that right now. So it's, it's kind of on my mind. So those are a couple of things I'm thinking about. <laughs> well, and I, you know, and we were even sharing that um, those of you that are watching us on, on Facebook Live, she has a lovely pictures of, of her family. I have also lovely pictures of my family behind me. And we ha- got to have a little sharing of, of that in terms of the importance of that in our work. Mm. But I think it's it's so important if maybe I, w- I want to ask you, what are the differences between, you know, dreams, nightmares, and bad dreams? Sure. So as many of your listeners probably know, but there may be some who don't, we all dream every night, whether or not we remember them, because we have between five to seven REM cycles, rapid eye movement, um, depending on how many hours of sleep we have. So the difference between a dream, a nightmare, and a bad dream is the difference in the emotional story that goes with the narrative story. So if our narrative story in our dream is something where our emotional response to it is, it's fun, it's nice, it's pleasant, it's curious, it's a positive or neutral emotion, we have a dream. If we have an emotional story that goes with our dream and our resonance is, I'm a little anxious, I'm a little bit worried, I'm kind of sad, I'm angry, that's maybe a bad dream, but it might not have crossed the threshold into nightmare. If our emotional story connected with our dream is that of, I'm really terrified, this is panic, I'm enraged, I'm so grief-stricken I can barely move. When we get into these large-scale emotional resonances, that is then the stuff of nightmares. Well, you know, I was wondering, I think that we, um, we're about the same age. And I, could, I can say for myself, the last few years, I have seen more distress, violence, um, images that have been very um, upsetting to me personally. And talking to my friends and colleagues, we've had kind of a collective kind of shock about some of the events happening in the world. So when these kinds of things are happening, which I would say they're they're traumas that are happening in the world and we're observers, could that affect our nightmares, even if it's not happening to us personally, but images that we're seeing happening in our world? 100% yes. If we even go back to the classical definition from like the DSM of PTSD, it is when we have either experienced or witnessed life events that are dangerous or or frightening or, or cause us to resonate with feeling unsafe. And that's a, on one foot, there's more to the definition. But the key here is either experienced or witnessed. And you know, the layers of trauma, there are things that happen in our personal lives, our personal fa- our personal histories and in, to us. There are things that happen within our family systems that may or may not be passed on from generation to generation that didn't exactly happen to us. There are things going on in our immediate environment. And in this day and age, there are things that are going on all over the world because our immediate environment, given you know, thanks to um, Zoom and social media, is the whole planet. So we are exposed in a much more immediate and direct way to trauma and violence happening worldwide 
than I think ever before in human history. So we are witnessing, and and then depending on whether we're thin or thick boundaried people, um, are resonating with with what we're hearing and seeing. Well, so and I guess that um, that kind of brings me to my next question, which is. Um, if these things are happening to our world, I mean, this is actually something, a thought that just came to me as you mm. were talking, is that are there archetypal kinds of dreams that are happening in that could be nightmarish because of this kind of global impact that we're having? Yeah. There, I'm a member of an organization called IASD, the International Association for the Study of Dreams, which is a fabulous organization. Um, and next June the next annual meeting is going to be in Ashland, Oregon. So it's not far from the California listeners. Well, I might have to come up to see you. You might really have to. Um, but we've been, there've been people in the dream community who've been tracking this both at a research level and anecdotally as well. And a couple of my colleagues have written either um, research articles or books. And, and, and one colleague of mine, Deirdre Barrett, who has very kindly endorsed my book, wrote a book called Pandemic Dreams Herself. And it's out there. You can get it on Amazon. And um, it basically just tracks with the coronavirus pandemic, the types of dreams that people had been having. And she collected, you know, several thousand dreams all over the world. And there are definite themes that come through. So in addition to the traumas of living in pandemic times, between that and climate change, and we were talking about the war in the Ukraine and and upset and and election uh, on instability or questioning and and, and all the the stuff. <laughs> There's a great word in Yiddish. It's the Mishigas, right? All yes. the Mishigas going on in our word world right now. Um, that all seeps in both consciously and unconsciously. And then the themes that come through, sometimes we might dream directly about what we're living through, but more often than not, we're dreaming in symbols and metaphors. So if you're dreaming in the early days of the virus, for example, people were dreaming about bugs and they were dreaming about being um, attacked by creepy crawlers. And they were dreaming dreams that had the theme of isolation or separation or shutdown. And then as the our state of the art has progressed and, and vaccines became available and the world has become back to a, a more of a semblance of what we used to call normalcy, the themes have changed as well now. So then there are themes of decision-making and themes of choices and themes of um, intimacy or not in, in terms of you know, do, do you hug or do you not hug someone who you haven't asked questions of first? And then thinking about climate change, you might be thinking specifically about things like tornadoes or, or excuse me, dreaming about tornadoes or hurricanes or floods. Or you might be dreaming about feeling overwhelmed and flooded with emotion in the setting in your dream or feeling like a large wind swept you off your feet? Are you dreaming about the Wizard of Oz in your dreams? And there's a big tornado that has picked you up and carried you to another land, right? That Those could be dreams where one layer of understanding has to do with climate change. 
in addition right. to whatever the personal layers are. So you could have your personal traumas that could be happening that are like life, you know, just have life. And then right. you have these other overarching themes that also can be affecting your dreams. So one of the things, one of the reasons why I really wanted you to talk to my listeners is that, you know, well, so how can we benefit from reading your book? What are the elements of healing that you can share with us if we are being plagued by nightmares of whatever form? Can you give us some of the benefits of, of what that might be? So our dream, I'm not by any means a Freudian, but he got thing, one thing right when he said that dreams are the world to the unconscious. And it's the best way to access the parts of ourselves that know things that our conscious mind hasn't yet caught up with. So our dream world gives us a window or a portal, if you will, into both different and alternative ways of understanding, healing, processing, thinking about the things that have happened to us in our lives, as well as the potential in accessing alternative planes of reality, the spirit world, depending on your personal belief systems, to be open to wisdom, knowledge, healing, both from within ourselves, within our immediate world, and from the world beyond as well. So if we honor and pay attention to our dreams, we have the potential. I, I joke with my clients sometimes and I say, you know, if you pay attention to your dreams and you write them down and you work with them, that's free therapy every night. <laughs> so <laughs> because the dreams can lead us in the direction of healing, particularly when, for example, we practice something called dream incubation. And if people are suffering from nightmares, or even if they're not, a simple practice is before you go to sleep to sort of orient yourself and point yourself in the direction of the kind of dream you want to have. Spend a few minutes writing in your dream journal, which hopefully you have have, and if not, I would encourage you to run out and buy one, or if you really are not a writer in this day and age, you know, type it into your phone. But capture your dreams in writing, because that's the best way to remember them. Well, cause that was that was my question. Sometimes I'll have a dream and go, oh, I have to remember that dream. And then I wake up in the morning, and it's gone. I can't. Yeah. So is there some, give us some tips, if you can, along the way, about how to re recall our dreams. Go ahead. Absolutely. So I will absolutely do that. Let me just back up to incubation and then sure. remembering because they sort of follow each other. Perfect. If you have an issue or a dilemma or you've been having nightmares and you really, you can't make head nor tail with them, before you go to sleep, write down a question that you have. Write some journaling about it. You could spend one minute, you could spend five minutes, you could spend a half an hour if you're a big journaler, whatever you're comfortable with. And ask your dreaming self for information, guidance, healing, answers, direction, whatever it is that you need or want. If you're struggling, for example, with a particular theme in your nightmare, let's just go back to the theme of being flooded because we were talking about right. that. Say, can you please give me information about what these flooding dreams mean? How can I understand them and how can I heal? It can be simple as that. If you are someone who has repetitive nightmares and you're feeling this is too much for me to handle, I'm waking up with a dream hangover more days than not, and I can barely get through my day sometime because the nightmares have been so um, disruptive of my sleep, you could write your incubation, 
please only give me as much as I can safely and comfortably handle and still get a good night's sleep. So however you want to phrase it, you you ask for it. Or this guy, this shadowy, scary guy wearing a black cape and boots has been showing up in my dreams for weeks or months. Who the hell is he? Why is he stalking me? What's going on? Please please give me some information about this character. Right? And that may be an archetypical shadow figure um, in your dreams. So you write your question and then... Whenever you wake up, whether it's in the middle of the night, if you have the the bandwidth to do that, or in the morning, you want to write it down because dreams are ephemeral. They're like wisps of smoke, right? It's like, yeah, you want to grab one and it's like it's gone. You know, you're trying to hold on to it. Right. So the more you can concretize that, the better chance, of course, of remembering it. And a couple of things like tips to, to better be able to catch it before it disappears. One is have an intention before going to sleep to remember it. Before you go to sleep, in addition to incubating your dreams, say, my kavana, my intention here is to remember my dreams. I'm honoring my dreams and remembering them because right energy f- flows where attention goes. So if we tell our dreaming self, we take you seriously and we want to pay attention. We're much more likely to remember our dreams. That's So you really need to have some intentionality. If you say, oh, I can't remember my dreams, this intentionality before you go to sleep and either journaling or talking to yourself, does it, yeah. does it work the same way? You can do both. You can talk to other. yourself out loud. You can talk to yourself in your head. You can talk to your cat. Um, yes. The intentionality absolutely is not the only way, but it's one way of making a real difference. And so, and you mentioned this already, because I, you know, you said that many things happen in our dreams that may be symbolic. And I know that I've had dreams and I wake up and go, what in the heck did that mean? Mm -hmm. And so when you have those kind of dreams, what in the heck did that mean? I imagine many listeners know what I'm talking about. What would you recommend to the person? What I would recommend first is put the date on the page and then write down your dream as is without hypothesizing get the like the pure form of the dream first because sometimes when people work with their dreams they're writing a piece of the dream and they're saying oh i think it means this and then they're going back to the dream and they're saying oh maybe it means that and then you kind of mix up the sort of the pure unadulterated dream from your waking thoughts about it so write down the date and then write down your dream and then afterwards if you're wondering what the heck does this mean have a little section where you make your notes and say, oh, I wonder what this means. And then you get to ask yourself a whole series of questions, whether you're working by yourself or you're working with one or several others in in a dream circle. But remembering that dreams have multiple simultaneously true layers. And if you want, we can talk about layers of a dream. But some dreams are instant replay of things that happened in your life. And then you're not really wondering what the heck does this mean? Other dreams are are thinly disguised or thinly veiled replays of things that happen in your life for better or for worse, if they're dreams or if they're nightmares. And those you might catch the meaning pretty quickly. And others are all symbol and metaphor. So you want to, the skill of dream work is the skill of association. So you want to let yourself associate to the different elements of your dream, the people, 
the story, the landscape, and let yourself travel outside the dream to where the association takes you. And then chances are you'll begin to find the threads of connection between your crazy dream and where the source and the meaning of that dream is. So, and that brings me to another, uh, another element. Um, so what, how does it work that I've heard people, in fact, my daughter is very, has this ha- has ha- had that happen a number of times where she'll dream something and then it comes true. Um, and so that's a prophetic dream. Yeah. And so how does that fit into the dream work and healing or does it, I guess? Oh I yeah. Say, or does it? Yeah. Well, in our dreaming lives, we, it's always now. We're not ever dreaming about yesterday or tomorrow. In our dream time, it's always now. And what that means, depending on your spiritual belief system, is that when we are dreaming, we are in sacred time. And in sacred time, the past, the present, and the future are all happening simultaneously. Mm. So sometimes in our dreams, we can peek around the edges and the corners of time and space and see not only things that happened in the past, but things that might be happening in the future as well. I have never heard anyone explain it that way so simply, but that certainly does make a lot of sense, mm. doesn't it? Mm. Well, you know, I, you know, I, this is, of course, I want to hear more about the healing practices, but I want to tell you about a dream that I had once. And this was okay. um, many years ago, my daughter was 12. Um, so gosh, a long time ago, decades ago now. Um, and I was, it was a waking dream where I woke up and I saw the sea of suffering. And the sea of suffering, I was in the dream. I was, I was in the sea of suffering, but it didn't frighten me. It just was. It just was a reality. But there was something about it because I'd never had a waking dream before where I woke up and could see this. I was like in the sea. And it was a little bit jarring, on it, honestly, because I thought, well, why am I having this dream? And I um, actually went to a number of people and asked about it. In fact, I even thought, well, could, should I go to the doctor? Because I understand that sometimes dreams can be triggered by brain tumors, for example. I didn't have a brain tumor. Um, but in any event, and then years later, I was invited to go um, to Thailand after the tsunami. And I was there at the sea, at certainly the sea of suffering after that horrible thing that happened in that part of the world. And that was a moment when my life changed, where I'm doing what I'm doing now, And a lot of what I do is I have been living in the sea of suffering with many people, but I'm not afraid of it. It just is. But I know that part of my journey is helping people heal from suffering. Mm -hmm. But that's what I've made sense of it since then. But I have to tell you, at the time when it happened, it was very jarring to have a waking dream. So do do people talk about waking dreams very often? Yes. And I have a, first of all, let me just say, what a powerful and beautiful dream that you have manifest in this precognitive state where you realize sort of retrospectively probably the reason you were not terrified when you found yourself in the sea of suffering is that even at the time a part of you knew that it wasn't your suffering per se no. You were swimming in that sea, but you weren't drowning in it. You weren't suffering in it. No, I wasn't. And I wasn't drowning. Fast forward to however many years later, when you yeah. found yourself in your role in Thailand in that in that sea of suffering. Yeah, no, it was very interesting. But I didn't. But the meaning wasn't clear. So to oh. me, when you said, "Write down the date, write down the dream," 
Um, certainly that was a dream that was very memorable for me. So it was not a forgettable dream, but it would seem to me that would be very powerful for sometimes giving you an illumination of your life journey. Would you say that would be true or not? Yes, because we don't know if we've had precognitive dreams unless we've been keeping track of our dreams and know when we dream them. Exactly. So then we wouldn't necessarily know that they were actually being, um, let's say, almost a a roadway, a pathway that was being shown to us that there there is personal choice and all those things. And um, so it can actually help us. Yes. So years later, the way you did, and I've had this happen too, and maybe some of the listeners who have been tracking their dreams, years later, you go, either you always have remembered it, or you go back and you're thumbing through your dream journal from a year or two or seven ago, and you go, oh my God. I had this dream seven years ago and look what's happening in my life now. I, I pre-dreamed this. It was precognitive, but we don't know at the time if something's precognitive because it hasn't happened yet in, in this plane of existence. Well, and I think as, as we're talking about this, I, I'm hearing, and it's really illuminated for me the way that you're, you're describing this, is that really our dream life, which we spend a lot of time doing, yeah. is an important element of being human that for many of us, we have almost excluded from thinking about. And if we bring it into that that attention of, well, as you said, in this present time, how might that change our self-reflections? Yes, absolutely. If you think about from antiquity, dream work and what was called dream interpretation, we don't really use that word in IISD, we call it dream work, because I'm not telling you what your dream means, I'm helping right. guide you to find your meaning. But the, the elders and the healers and the shamans and the most elevated people in, in Native American culture and Aboriginal culture in ancient times, they were the dreamers and the visionaries. And what I, I loved is that in Hebrew, the word halom is, is, means dream, and the same word halom means vision. So uh, in the Bible, when you're reading so-and-so had a vision or so-and-so had a dream, in the Hebrew, it's the exact same word, and you just have to figure out from context if it was a waking or a sleeping dream. And so those are some of the things that I'm hoping that we're going to talk a little bit more after we come back from our break. So I am talking with Linda Yael Schiller, and I I must say, I'm going to have to have her come back again because this is so interesting and we haven't gotten to even half of our questions yet. <laughs> so we are going to be talking more about um, her, her amazing work called PTS Dreams um, when we come back after taking a short intermission and hearing about the Trauma Resource Institute, the sponsor of our, um, of our program. So I'm saying, Linda, I am having the best time hearing, oh, about, uh, hearing about this, but we, and I want to get more into the healing, what you can okay. share with us, with my listeners about mm-hmm. if you're having nightmares that are just not leaving you alone and you're not sleeping, right. what are some things that they can do and what you recommend for that? So stay yes. tuned listeners. Um, we will be back in just a couple minutes and we will continue this conversation. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. 
The Trauma Resource Institute is a nonprofit organization cultivating trauma informed and resiliency focused individuals and communities worldwide. Our mission is to take people from despair to hope. We believe in a world where every child and adult has the capacity to recover from highly stressful and traumatic experiences. Check out iChill, our free app that helps you learn the wellness skills of the community and trauma resiliency models. Go to traumaresourceinstitute.com for more information. Elaine Miller Karras' book, Building Resiliency to Trauma, The Trauma and Community Resiliency Models, is available on Amazon.com. The book is about how to cultivate resiliency during and in the aftermath of traumatic experiences. The book also addresses body-based trauma interventions combined with psychoeducation about the biology of trauma and resiliency. Elaine also offers personal consultations. For more information, you can contact her at elaine at resiliencywithin.com. Elaine Miller Karras co-founded the Trauma Resource Institute, Incorporated. The Institute provides trainings on the models Elaine developed, the Community Resiliency Model, or CRM, and the Trauma Resiliency Model, or TRM. If you would like more information about the Trauma Resource Institute or how to participate in trainings, visit the Institute's website at traumaresourceinstitute.com. That's traumaresourceinstitute.com. Trauma Resource Institute. Build resilience. Awaken hope. Your life. Your health. Your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. This is Resiliency Within with Elaine Miller Karras. To reach the show during our live broadcast, please call in to 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to Elaine at resiliencywithin.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back. This is Elaine Miller-Karis, and I'm here with Linda Yael-Schiller, and we are having an interesting conversation about PTSD Dreams, her new book. And we were talking at the break a little bit about kind of a kind of a clarifying point. And I think this would be really interesting to continue our discussion about the waking dream, Linda. Okay. So why don't you ask me the question that you asked me, and then I will, I'll respond. Okay. So it, it, when you, it, it's at this point, it's, it's not a question as much as a, an observation. When you were sharing the dream about being in the sea of suffering that you had many years ago, and then later in life, found yourself in a place where you remembered you had pre-dreamed this, this pre, that it was a precognitive dream. You used the phrase that you were having a waking dream. And as you described it, you said, what was disconcerting is that even after you opened your eyes, you were still in the dream, right? In the sea of suffering when you were sort of already awake. That, yeah, you know, that, yeah, I was I was already awake. I was my eyes were open and I was still in the sea. I could see the the sea of suffering in my room and I thought I even like woke my husband up and go, are you not seeing anything over here? Because it was so it was so, you know, yeah. extraordinary. It was out of the ordinary, I would say. Right. So there I think there are are three points I want to make. And one I think we made during the break, I'll just say it real quickly in case, in case you already said it for your yes, listeners. Go ahead. One is that what you had was what we might call a calling dream. 
that you recognized that this was something really important and you were called and then manifest it later in your life. But secondly, you were probably having an experience that Jung calls a dream that's in the hypnopompic or hypnagogic zones. And those are the threshold states between when you're just falling asleep at night, but not quite all the way asleep, and you're waking up in the morning, but you're not fully awake yet. Literally in our brains, the place where dreams come from through in our limbic system and connecting with a few other parts of the brain, those threshold dreams are coming from the same place. So they're dreams, but we're still awake. So that sense of, am I awake or asleep, is classic of a threshold dream. Wow, that is so interesting. Interesting. And the other thing I was just thinking is your dream in particular made me think of the concept of synesthesia. I'm not sure if you or your listeners. So what what is synesthesia? If you could explain that. Synesthesia is when you use different senses to apprehend what another sense usually does. So you're seeing a sound or tasting a color or Mm. swimming in thin air. Hmm, I see, like metaphorical. So it was like a synesthetic experience where your senses were kind of jumbled and you were having an experience beyond the realm in a way of what our waking sort of everyday five senses might uh, instruct us. So it's clear clear to me from our short conversation that there's so many different aspects of dreams. They Mm. can be dreams that are connected to our traumas, um, you know, collectively, personally. They can be dreams that may be predictive of things that could happen in our future, especially when you said that there's no space and time in dreams. The past, present, and future exist simultaneously in our dream world. Is, am I saying that correctly? Yes. And and then then you know we really want to get to some of the um, the essence of mm-hmm. here. You work with people who have nightmares. Nightmares can throw us off our life course. Yeah. People yeah. say, I you know the nightmare comes every night. How can I work with this? How can I get this mm-hmm. out of my head? Sometimes the nightmares are create are are um they know they're connected to a traumatic event. Sometimes right. not. Um, but I know there's particular ways to work with um, someone who's having um, nightmares. And we we, we both um, mentioned uh, during the break about um, if this dream were mine, and maybe we could start there and then you could elaborate upon that. Sure. So our, our teachers, both from Jungian perspective and one of my teachers, Jeremy Taylor, taught us not to say this is what your dream means, but rather as a dream guide, either you yourself or if you're working with other people, this is both for for professionals and for the interested dreamer. You don't have to be a professional to be able to say, if this were my dream, or here's what it makes me think about, or my associations to your dream are X, Y, and Z, we're then respecting the integrity and of the dreamer while still being able to offer our thoughts, ideas, and opinions. And the beauty of doing dream work with another person is that we all get resonance from each other's dreams. So when you share a dream with me, I have a resonance 
with your dream? And I go, oh, and if this were my dream, this might mean that to me. And I get something out of your dream then as well. Well, and I would think that that invitation is especially important for people who've had trauma because so many times people have told them what they should do, what they should wear, how they should be. And when you are guiding them, and I love the word guide, it's, mm. it's, it's not being directive, it's being explorative in their own experience. Right. Is that correct? Absolutely correct. And one of the things that trauma and nightmares have in common is that we often are or feel helpless and alone. So being accompanied in that journey to explore the difficult and terrible things that happened in and of itself is a step in the direction of healing. And Years ago, um, Judith Jordan, who worked at the Women's Center at Wellesley College, she, she worked with Jean Baker Miller um, in self and relation theory. And she wrote that healing happens when we can return to the pain of the past and find that this time we are no longer alone. Yes. So being with someone becomes so important. Right. Right. And so if can you tell us a little bit more, um, Linda, how can someone work with these nightmares that yes. are just so unsettling for them? And does your book give you give them some ideas of how Absolutely. To the book is called PTS Dreams, Transform Your Nightmares from Trauma Through Healing Dreamwork. And there are a number of different chapters that help us understand how trauma and dissociation um, play out in nightmares. And then a bunch of chapters about repetitive nightmares and working with the shadow. And then there's a really two big chapters at the end. And one chapter is basically a cookbook. What you can do before, during, and after a nightmare to help yourself heal. And that I'm going to circle back to to give the okay. specifics. And then the final chapter is called From PTSD to PTSG post-trauma spiritual growth. Oh, I love that. So that's yes. the, the last yes. and that And that's the goal. That's to, the goal. That's the goal. That's the goal. And that's not doesn't mean that you're forgetting what happened to you, but that from that, something has sprouted that actually has made you grow as a human being on the planet. Absolutely. That we've healed enough so that we've come to terms with and metabolized whatever the traumas were that happened. So once we've metabolized something and digested it, we then have that as a resource, right? It's like if you've eaten food and you can't metabolize or digest it, it sits like a lump in your stomach and you don't feel very good. Yeah. Um, you have a stomach ache, which is maybe the equivalent, the somatic equivalent for some people of a nightmare. It's like our, like a knot in their stomach. Right. You can feel that somatically in many places in our body. But once we metabolize, then we get to get the, the um, nutrition and the energy from that food, both for ourselves. And then we also have the energy to bring it out into the world. So, so when that's you, what you did with your dream, you metabolized your I dream. I did. So, so you could take it out to help heal the world. So one of the, so my question is, cause I know that you have something that's called the guided active imagination approach. Now, right. are these the components that you want to share with us about how to, to deal with the, the dream? Yes. So I'm going to talk about the Gaia method. That is one of the things we do both before 
we sleep and at, but more often we use that after we wake up before you go to sleep if you're prone to having nightmares call in protection before you go to sleep at night surround yourself with a cocoon or a bubble of light pick the color that's the nicest most healing color for you surround yourself your bed your room your house whatever it is so you feel protected imagine so that's one thing you can do before going to sleep we talked before about incubating dreams incubate do not to your dreaming self please do not give me nightmares that are more distressing than i can handle or if you're really overwhelmed and you want to stop having nightmares for at all for a while or dreams say no right no to nightmares no to dreams write it in your journal write it in your mind and you might even imagine closing a door or shutting a portal between worlds in your mind's eye before going to sleep and because we are multisensory beings i encourage people to say the word no out loud imagine shutting a door perhaps you know make the sound of a door shutting by clapping your hands together so you know that you're intending to shut that door shutting the portal before going to sleep um, and these are just a couple of things that might help you be less um, inundated with the nightmares. So and those are, and I imagine it might take a little bit of time. It may you might do it tonight and say, "Well, it didn't work, Linda. What do you mean by it didn't work?" You may have to do it a few times before it actually takes hold or not. Absolutely, particularly if you've been having repetitive bad dreams or simply having nightmares and bad dreams for a long time. Our nightmare muscle, if you will, is stronger than our non-nightmare muscle. And we have to practice to get stronger with whatever um, muscles that we want to strengthen. So if we want to strengthen our boundary muscles, we have to work and, and practice doing that as well. And so what would be the next part then? If you do, if you do that protection, you mm -hmm. go to sleep and maybe the dreams, the dreams, the nightmares will dissipate. But does mm -hmm. that help you digest the dreams so that the the remnants the wake of it won't will no longer be with you so those methods help you slow them down and give you a little buffer or cushion but they still might slip through you know the cracks in our consciousness and when you wake either on your own or with someone else you can practice the gaia method and the Gaia method stands for guided active imagination approach. It's a method I designed specifically for working with nightmares in a safe way that reduces the risk of what's called abreaction or having a negative um, re-traumatized effect from working with the dreams. Some people in their enthusiasm for wanting to jump into the dream or jump into the nightmare, both professionals and non-professionals can run the risk of re-traumatizing the dreamer. So we really have to go slowly and carefully with the scariest of nightmares. And the Gaia method is built on two legs. And one leg is the Jungian guided active imagination um, where we slowly work with the material of the dream, and we'll get to that in a moment. The other leg is best practice trauma treatment. So it's really based on going slowly, going carefully, only going as fast as the slowest part of us is comfortable. And it's based on some of the principles that I learned as an EMDR practitioner, where the whole first part of the Gaia method is about getting resourced, and establishing safety before 
you even jump into working on the dream material so that you don't accidentally or inadvertently re-traumatize yourself or the dreamer that you're and, working And with. I'll just make a little note here. So for my listeners who may be community resiliency model teachers or um, guides or trauma uh, resiliency model practitioners, we spend a lot of time with creating safety, with resourcing and grounding and the different help now strategies. So that would be something that you would do before you would start um, even thinking about working with the traumatic activation of a dream. Sounds like. Right. So it sounds like for your community of resiliency workers, a lot of it you already are doing. They're doing it. Yes. Fabulous. Yes. And so in working with the Gaia method, if someone comes to you with a terrible nightmare, so I'm going to go really, really slowly. So here's an example. We only have about 15 minutes left. But um, so if someone says, I had a terrible nightmare, the next question I'm going to ask is, do you want to talk about it? Because they might not. They might just want to tell us they had a nightmare. And that's as, that's as much as they want to do today. So if they say, yes, yeah, so I am letting them lead. I'm asking following questions, right? And I'm going to pick up my cue from whatever they say next. Now, can I ask you this question, Linda? Do you think this is something that a lay person can do with a friend or family member, or that this should be in the hands of a, of a therapist? If, well, I can answer that. In, the answer is yes and no. Okay. So absolutely, yes. A lay person if can can do this work together with a friend, a, a colleague, a family member. However, if the dreamer knows for sure, or you or they suspect that they have a history of trauma in their life, you they probably want to connect with a therapist who's experienced in doing trauma treatment. Because this is not a substitute for good therapy, for good yeah. trauma treatment. Thank you for this that. It's an adjunct, but not a substitute at all. Okay. Okay. That's a very important question. Okay. And okay. so so then what would they do next then? So if someone says, yes, I want to tell you my dreams by sight, then I, I listen to the dream. And they tell me their nightmare. And then the next question is, do you want to work on this? Because it might be they just wanted it to be heard, but that's as much as they want. But if they say yes <laughs> to yes, I want to work on it, then the next thing I say is, well, let's make sure you're feeling safe and protected enough to deal with these scary, dark things that have occurred and happened in your dream before you go to the dream so that you don't fall down the rabbit hole, get drowned in the sea, be attacked by the monster, whatever was happening in your nightmare. So I asked them, first call in, who do you who in your life would you like to have with you before you look at the dream? A real person, a friend, a family member, um, from your current life, from your past. Are there movie stars or um, for children's book characters or your pets or spiritual guides or totem animals? Whoever and whatever helps you feel safe, protected, and accompanied. Let's bring them in to form a posse. And each time someone says, well, I'm going to invite my mom, or I'm going to invite my best friend, Sharon, or I'm going to bring my, my beloved cat, or I'm going to bring Archangel Gabriel with me. Whenever they add someone to the posse, I'll say, check and see if you need anyone else. Check and see if that's enough. Until they say, no, that's we're good, because we don't want to miss something. And then I'll also suggest... And in addition to these 
living or non-living beings, these real or imaginary beings that you created your posse, are there any objects that you'd like to bring, any talisman and any amulets, any symbols that would make you feel safe and comfortable to have with you before going into the dark woods of your nightmare? And it's so wonderful. And I tell people, let yourself be surprised by what you might come up with. It might not be who or what you expect. So I've had people say, well, I'll bring my, um, my, my, I'm wearing a, a necklace that's a hamsa. Someone's like, I'll bring my hamsa. Someone will say, I'm going to bring my wedding ring. Someone might say, I have a, a, a favorite childhood book that my mom used to read me. I'm going to bring that book with me. One of my millennials said to me, I'm bringing my cell phone because I don't want to be out there alone in my dream. And with my cell phone, not only can I call someone if I need to, but my cell phone has a flashlight component because it was dark. Uh, If I need to turn the flashlight on, I can turn the flashlight on. I just love that. I just love that. That's great. Yeah. So then, so once that happens, what's next? We've got all the objects. Then I say, so that's part one. And then there's the bridge. I say, with all the beings and objects that you need, peek inside the dream. See if there's anything inside the dream that you might have neglected to mention or that you missed the first time around that is actually a safe or protective being or object. And sometimes people look inside their scary dream and say, wow, you know, now that you mentioned it, there was this this little figure sitting on a stone over there. And, and I think she's a good witch and, and she's there in my dream. And I, and I didn't notice her before. I say, great. Notice that she was already there inside of you, inside of your dream as a resource. Right. So we're looking for things we're bringing in as a resource and things that were already there. And I think that's a really exciting you know, proposition. If there wasn't a resource that was there in your memory, you can put whomever you want in there, whatever right. you want in there to help to feel, have a safer environment. And that is exactly what Jungian active imagination does. So then we go to part two and working with all of these resources, we bring them into the dream to create um a dialogue with the dream characters to create a new ending to the dream, to create a different scenario. And we call it dreaming the dream forward. And I tell the people who I do dream work with that when you wake up, that isn't necessarily where the dream ended. That's just where you woke up. So now in your waking life, dream the dream forward with all these resources and let's see what else happens toward the end of the dream now that you have these um, resources with you to change things up. So so in their multifaceted way, then they're creating a new ending to the dream. Exactly. I see. And so, and so then there, there's another um, part to your work mm-hmm. that I want, maybe this would be a good time to talk about it. Why is working somatically, the bi- with working with the biology of the human nervous system so important with dream work? We are embodied beings. We have a mind, we have a spirit, and we have physical bodies. And um, imagine your um, work, you, you, people in your program know Bessel van der Kolk's work. Yes, body of course. Yes, floor. of course. And yes. Based on that body, no pun intended, <laughs> that body of knowledge, we know that when something happens to us, we feel feelings with our body. That's why they're called feelings. So we tune in to how literally our bones and our muscles and our cells 
are resonating with the experiences we've had and bring the healing to the physicality of our beings as well. So sometimes in doing dream work, we're doing somatic dream work where I am doing psychodrama with people, where I am doing sculpting with people, where I'm doing um, constellation work with people based on their dreams and bringing the physical bodies into it. Um, and this sort of body of dream work, I, I often teach as a live workshop. It's kind of hard to do online. It's called Dreams Alive. And we bring the totality of our beings to Dreams Alive. When we well, I, well, Linda, this has been so fascinating. And um, we're almost at our end now. And I'm wondering if there's any, any parting thought you would want to leave our listeners with regarding um, the troublesome nightmares that they may have. I guess maybe my parting thought would be to know that this is what my, my dad always used to say, this too shall pass. Yeah. And if you're dreaming about something you've experienced, to remember that there's two parts to a traumatic experience. There's what happened and there's how we react and respond to what happened. Yeah. If it's no longer happening in our current environment and waking life, to remind ourselves of that and ground ourselves in the present, connected with the earth beneath our feet and whatever form of spiritual connection is right for you, and know that in that place, the events that happened before are not happening now. So we can go safely back to heal. So, Linda, I'm sure that many of our um, listeners are going to want to buy your book. Please say the book in your own words. Sure. The name of your book? The title of my most recent book is PTS Dreams, Transform Your Nightmares from Trauma Through Healing Dreamwork. So go out and get this book by Linda Yael Schiller. Um, It's been just so lovely to interview you today, Linda, and I'm hoping that my listeners will pick up the book. And you're also reminding me as we're getting really close to end about what else is true is that this may be happening to you, but you're reminding people of their life. That is the nightmare is not their life, but something that they can learn from. Right. And that when we have a nightmare, if we sort of thank the source of the dream, this is an SOS from our unconscious. And when we respond with healing, we get to heal not only ourselves and our past, but then bring that healing out into the world to be tikkun olam. Barack Obama used that phrase. (laughs) He took his presidency repairing the world. And that's sort of the point. That's Um, right. And we could, we, it, could, it could really have that transformational, that growth about taking action. Now we have one minute left. How do people get a hold of you? Do you have a website? Is there any way that people can, can get a hold of you? Yes. So my g- general website is lindayalschiller.com. Then I have a website for both of my books, ptsdreams.com. And then the other book, Modern Dream Work, is moderndreamwork.com. And if you want to shoot me an email, it's Linda Y. Schiller, all one word at gmail.com. Great. Well, thank you so much for making um, yourself available to my, to my, my listeners. Pleasure. And also maybe they'll take one of your classes. I might even take one of your classes. I'm yeah. very interested. Come to in, IASD and, next yes, year. <laughs> yes. And, and continuing this conversation. Great. So again, um, my Resiliency Within listeners, thank you so much for being here with me today. And remember what else is true in your life. If you're suffering, that there are ways that you can heal. 
and remember that well-being that exists in all of us. So until we meet again next next week, um, Elaine Miller-Kara is signing off for Resiliency Within on Voice America. Thank you so much for joining us this week for Resiliency Within. Please tune in again next Monday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time for another edition featuring your host, Elaine Miller-Karras, on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. We'll talk again soon. Resiliency Within with host Elaine Miller-Karras is brought to you by Trauma Resource Institute Incorporated. Visit traumaresourceinstitute.com.